Welcome back to Restorative Grief with Mandy K. Part. You are listening to episode 30, titled Values in Action with Loving Kindness. Today, we are going to explore what it looks like to put our values into action. This episode can stand on its own, but it is acting as a part two for episode 28. So if you really want to know what I'm talking about, I strongly recommend going back and listening to episode 28 first. It's not long, although it is somewhat dense. Even with a few words, I often have a lot to say. But nonetheless, we're going to explore the act of loving kindness toward our values and ourselves and find out if loving kindness is a technique that can move the needle for us in our grief. It won't work for everyone, and that's okay. But we'll never know if we don't try. As a quick recap, identifying our values is simply the act of noticing what means the most to us right now in this season of life. What kind of people do we want to become? What characteristics do we notice in those who inspire us? How are we going to find our way back to a sense of wholeness and comfort in our own lives if we don't know what comfort means for us anymore? Now, if you're suddenly overwhelmed by those questions, you can do a few things. For this episode, you can borrow one of my values and just try it on as I walk through some examples. Who knows? Maybe you'll find that my value works really well for your current season too. Or you can choose to go back and do the work in episode 28 and uncover the values that you hold dear. Or just pick one at random and let this conversation be a quick first-time listen. Acquaint yourself with the ideas here and return when you're ready to implement them for yourself. So what is loving kindness and what does it have to do with grief work and our core values? I've offered loving kindness to clients in every stage of life, both as a technique for their healing and as an extension of my own pursuit of wholeness. Loving kindness sounds simple on the surface. By by defining a concept, it does not mean that we understand the value it carries. Loving kindness as a concept or act is the tenderness or consideration we demonstrate towards others. I think it's somewhat reasonable to assume we know how to direct loving kindness toward others to position ourselves with a softer approach, especially when they are grieving. But the act of practicing loving kindness was never intended simply for others. This is where we make the active choice to turn it inward as well. Our core values are the characteristics in ourselves that we find the most important. We admire those characteristics in others and strive to live by them too. But when our hearts are broken and healing, not only do our values get pushed aside, but we often harden toward others and the world as well. Loving kindness is the invitation we need to soften, to return to the tender-hearted versions of ourselves, or maybe find them for the first time. And maybe we haven't seen that side of us since we were a child. We've talked on the show about disenfranchised and ambiguous grief. They're both sources of loss in our lives that we may have overlooked, and they often come early. In response, because we didn't necessarily know how to handle what we carried, we coped instead. We pushed our pain to the edges and survived, often misunderstanding loss and ourselves in the process. As we start to extend that consideration toward our own loss, we will likely find those moments in our story that created misalignment. And this is why loving kindness is so powerful when combined with our core values in grief work. 
if we can intentionally turn back toward ourselves without judgment, our values move from becoming a guideline and instead become the byproduct of a curious, compassionate, and considerate life. So I want you to take a moment and choose one of your core values to focus upon. This practice takes time to cultivate, but over time can become effortless. This act of turning toward yourself, others, and the world at large is retraining your brain. When your grief wants center stage, the practice of loving kindness gently directs your attention toward your values, which makes you so much more like you. Our values define how we treat ourselves and find alignment in our whole self, our mind, heart, body, and spirit. Loving kindness is an accessible meditation that reminds us we are interwoven to the people and the world around us. We are connected and can improve our connections by repositioning our hearts towards self, others, and our sense of spirituality in the world. So wherever you are listening, find a quiet place to be comfortable and bring yourself to mind. You do not have to be physically still or even able to close your eyes, although that can help when you're first practicing this. Now pay attention to the part of you that hurts. Is it your mind and the unending griefy thoughts? Is it your heart and the emotional upheaval that keeps interrupting your day? Maybe your body is just physically exhausted, drained from the weight of moving. Or maybe your spirit is weary, disconnected, and discouraged. What part of you needs the most loving kindness today? It may be all four, and that makes perfect sense. It's often true for me. But today, let's pick just one area to focus on for the moment. I'm going to choose my mind. My thoughts race with bargaining and wishes for a genie who will decide to finally raise the dead. It's all chaotic and gets out of hand faster than I can blink. But when I consider my core value of grace and the impact grace can have on a mind like mine, I want to approach my thoughts with tenderness and consideration. Grace means no judgment or condemnation just the allowance for my pain in a way that recognizes it is valid. Loving kindness is a repetition of generosity toward our pain. So to begin offering grace to my griefy mind, I would say something like, may my mind be free of chaos. May my thoughts be filled with peace. May my life be free of suffering. My breathing can be normal through this process, and I can repeat these phrases as many times as I would like. For the skeptics among us, whether you're not, you think this is a meaningful practice or a little too woo-woo, it's really beneficial to check in with yourself before starting. Pay attention to any tension or unbelief you're experiencing as you begin and check in again after the practice. Make a note of any improvement you might feel or experience so that you can remind your skeptical sweet self that practices like this really can move the needle toward restoration. The second part of loving kindness is turning our attention toward another party. Perhaps you are holding someone hostage in your thoughts, blaming them as a source of grief, whether or not they are truly to blame. In that place, your thoughts toward them are causing you immeasurable harm and elongating an active grieving process. 
So when you are in a place to offer them loving kindness, bring them to mind and repeat the statements. May their mind be free of chaos. May their thoughts be filled with peace. May their life be free of suffering. To be fair, this is really difficult. So it's reasonable to instead start with a friend, to send your consideration toward a person you find supportive or helpful in your grief process. It does not always need to be someone who is at the source of your pain. But in this moment, as I apply my core value of grace toward my thoughts of myself, others in the world, it makes a lot of sense for me to pursue a sense of forgiveness toward another person in my own practice. And finally, extend your meditation of loving kindness toward the world. The misunderstandings of your grief and the thoughts of frustration toward the others in the world that just don't understand. May all living beings be free of chaos. May all living beings be filled with peace. May all living beings be free of suffering. This is our healing, aiming globally and at the collective consciousness about grief and the lack of grief literacy that continues to cause harm. The more time you spend investing in this small act, the more you are retraining your neural pathways to think differently, to feel differently, and to inspire different actions in the world. You are actively rebuilding areas of your brain that are used to doing the same old thing that causes the same old outcomes that no longer serve you. It's absolutely a game changer. And the more time you invest in understanding your core values and how your life might be in misalignment around those values, the closer you will come to experiencing an ongoing sense of healing and restoration. Thank you for listening to episode 30 of Restorative Grief. I can't believe we're at 30 episodes. Gosh, this was a high level 10,000 foot flyover of a complex concept. And yet I feel so strongly that this practice can restore so many of our broken hearts. It's completely accessible to every one of us. Loving kindness and other meditative practices are easily dismissed by grievers, but we must learn how to return to ourselves. Being present is painful and scary, but it's also the true place we can find the sense of belonging that we lose when we carry loss. So as you set your mind and heart toward this practice, may you be encouraged by a quickening in your spirit and a peace that floods your entire body. May you have happiness. May you have well-being. May you experience restoration. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, thank you for being here. I hope you return to earlier episodes for some groundwork about all this grief talk and value work. Please take a moment to subscribe to the show, leave me a review, and consider sharing this episode with someone that knows and demonstrates understanding of your story. That might be just the right person to practice your loving kindness towards as well. And one last thing, remember, the only solution for grief is to do the work of grieving. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week.